0: On this episode of Narcissist Apocalypse Q&A, we talk with Astro Investigator Vienna about how a narcissist can trigger a spiritual emergency, existential crisis, the dark night of the soul, and how your natal chart can put you on the path back to self. Welcome to Narcissist Apocalypse Q and A. Everyone, with me today on our show, we have Astro Investigator Vienna, who was also a guest on our Survivor Story podcast on December twentieth, two thousand and twenty. So, if you want to go listen to her story, we discuss a lot of it today, and we discuss the pathology of her abuser. And how the natal chart predicts his behavior, or at least is able to uh, dig deeper into his behavior. And before we get to that, if you want to be a guest on our Survivor Story podcast, which is on Mondays, uh, please go to our website at NarcissistApocalypse.com. At the top of the page, there is a button that says send a guest form. Press that button and we will go from there. And as well, an announcement, you know, we've been this week, we've been porting people from our Patreon to our our new community forum. And we did the soft launch on Monday. We'll be opening it up for everyone else at, by the end of the month. And we're having uh, you know, we're, we're having a good time on there. We had our first meeting through there. It all went really well. Everyone is loving it on there. That has been ported over so far on Saturday. We're gonna be doing an a a uh, a party uh, on there for all of the original people that were, you know, supporting uh, this show, supporting me, uh, and I just want to thank everyone who has been part of the community and, and, and part of our Patreon now our community forum uh, for so long. And you know, from the bottom of my heart, thank you so much for being a longtime supporters, and I will never forget it. So a big thanks, and and over time. Our podcast has uh, gotten bigger and it's allowed us to become friends with some amazing organizations such as DomesticShelters.org. So if you or someone you know are experiencing abuse, you are not alone. org offers an extensive library of articles and resources that can help you make sense of, of what you're experiencing, connect you with local resources and find ways to heal and move forward. So please do visit, uh, domestic shelters.org to access that resource. And as I've said many times, I am a huge fan of domestic shelters.org. I'm always finding them on searches. If no matter where you are in America, you'll be able to find what you're looking for in whatever town you're in. Uh, they have everything on there. Every domestic violence shelter is there. So they can help you with all sorts of legal um, legal issues to, uh, you know, uh, therapy issues and uh, housing. So go to domesticshelters.org. And now, you know, without uh, further ado, uh, my episode here with Vienna, this is uh, an interesting episode we kind of dive deep uh into me you hear a lot about me in this episode and just you know how sometimes the stars as as hokey as some people might think it is 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 quite helpful and it's a lot about doing the work but taking it from a different angle so i hope you enjoy this episode as much as i did uh recording it so without further ado here is my episode with vienna Welcome to Narcissist Apocalypse Q&A everyone. With me today I have Vienna. How are you? I'm good. How are you? I'm doing well. And for those that don't remember you or don't even know who you are, you are you were our guest on our December 21st, 2020 episode of our Survivor Story episodes, and we kept in contact after. And we talk a lot about spirituality. We talk a lot about astrology. We talk a lot about natal charts. And you've done my natal chart for me. I was amazed by what came back my way and we started trading ideas back and forth of how we could make this uh, into its own type of episode. And for, you know, what I would call you, you know, I call you an astrological detective. And I mean that in a way where, you know, when it comes to doing the work, I think being a detective is the right thing to be, You, you know, you're not Surface leveling anything, you're helping people dig deeper into what they might be ignoring or too scared to look at. So, mm-hmm. you know, today we're going to discuss how a narcissist can trigger a spiritual emergency or an existential crisis, and we're also going to talk about the dark night of the soul and how your natal chart can put you on the path back to self. So, thank you. For being here with me today. And, you know, I said before, we're going to discuss what it is to do the work. And we might do more episodes about doing the work and what that is. Cause I know a lot of people say, like, what is the work? But when it comes to astrological charts and natal charts and, and things along those lines, people might think it's hippy dippy. And for some people, it is. And it's something they, you know, they don't understand but for me personally i i love this stuff because as i said before it helps you dig deeper. And part of the work is to not surface level things and to actually you know, go really down far and take a look at yourself in ways that you might, as I said, you might be scared to and actually see your shadow and doing shadow work and, and, and what's actually going on. And I feel that uh, the natal chart aspect of everything, as I said to you privately, is like what came first, you know, the chicken or the egg with the natal chart. Because we'll eventually get into my natal chart and like how I'm living it in a crazy way. But did I see my natal chart and be like, okay, I'm going to start doing what it says, which is a way to grow. Uh, Or was I just already set on this path and I was going to be going there anyway? So it's a really interesting question or conundrum, but I really enjoy this stuff because, you know, another example, a long time ago, I was, it's almost 15 years ago. I was doing a pub crawl and I was at a place and there was a palm reader there. And I wasn't the most confident, confident person at the time. And I was just going to this palm reader just for, you know, a joke, not a joke, but just, you know, for fun. And the palm reader looks at my hand and is, eventually looks up at me and goes, you are a late bloomer. And for some reason I, I took it <laughs> to heart. And I said, yes, I am a late bloomer. And for some reason, it gave me confidence that I didn't have to rush things. And that, you know, Rome wasn't built in a day. And I felt okay with, you know, not doing everything or comparing myself to other people in the sense of, oh, these people did it in this amount of time. I bet, you know, that kind of got out of got out of my head a little. And I was like, yes, I, I am. And in a way, it wasn't, you know, I, the next day I wasn't like always saying I'm like, but it, it stuck with me that those little words and that little session for me to eventually really flip the switch on my attitude and my pessimism. And those are the types of things that I like about this kind of stuff, because you can take what's there and look at it in in different ways, reframe it as I did with mine and, you know, do that work to like make that shift and baby step yourself by, by doing all those things. So I know I've rambled on here, um, a a little bit. So thank you for listening to all that Vienna, because you know, (laughs) you've been, you've, you've listened to your ramble on in the past, uh, six or seven months about many things. So I, I thank you. Um, So I guess without further ado, I'm going to kind of go into uh, the first question to you. So can you please explain what an existential crisis is and how it differs from the traditional psychological responses that we we typically associate with narcissistic abuse?
1: Yes, I can. And And, And
0: also, is there anything you'd like to say before we even get into that?
1: Well, I just what you said. I was thinking um, how this is all tied together, right? So, narcissism is a personality disorder. It's a disorder of the personality, and your natal chart shows your inherent personality. And uh, if you if you look into other things like the Myers Briggs, the MBTI, um, personality tests, these in the Enneagram. Especially, specifically the Myers-Briggs, you know, I don't know if a lot of people know this, but that was created by Carl Jung, who's, you know, a formidable psychologist. And um, he was a huge proponent of looking at the natal chart. He actually, towards the end of his career, I was reading that he wouldn't work with clients unless they gave him their natal chart information because he, he was so firm that the natal chart showed the direction or the path that his clients needed to take, that he just was like, I, I just need to see it, you know? So anyways, yeah, it's, it's all personality. And it all ties back to if you are struggling with somebody else's personality in your, in your life or, or trying to figure out what, what the hell just happened It's a a way to see inside. It almost feels uh, intrusive. Sometimes I look at people's nail charts, and I think, like, oh, God, I'm, like, staring straight into your soul, (laughs) and you don't even know it. (laughs) It's not fair. But it has been uh, immensely helpful for me personally. And uh, I guess you can go back and listen to the episode to hear exactly what went down in my life, but – Yeah, much like many others who have told their stories on the podcast, the end of my marriage to someone with a personality disorder had a profound effect on me. And psychology and science, fortunately, has a lot of insight and answers for all of us. Uh, The immense downward spiral into a deep, lethargic depression after my relationship with a manipulative, abusive, toxic person was reasonably explained as an intense drop in cortisol or stress hormone once you no longer feel on guard at all times. These are these are the things that you read when you start looking into like the psychology of it all, right? Depression and grief as you experience a loss, a loss of quote unquote love, and a loss of an extended family explains the drastic shift in your mood and learning and understanding certain childhood traumas that a personality disordered individual faces also begins to help you untangle the messy truth about who they are and this was all there for me and i'm sure you know people listening to this podcast it's, it's been helpful for them as well however in my case it never seemed like enough no matter how much i learned it 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 didn't seem to capture what, what I was going through. I remember after I was free to leave the
0: hospital,
1: my restraining order was served and the divorce papers were filed. I was sitting in my therapist's office one day and she was sort of exasperated because it had been a few months (laughs) and I was just such a mess. And she said, I think it's time that we begin to talk about getting you onto an antidepressant. And I don't know why or where my response came from because It wasn't a conscious thought that I'd had previously, but I snapped at her and I said, are you effing serious? You think this is depression? This is not depression. This is something totally different. And I was almost like in the back of my mind thinking I have to get a new therapist because she doesn't understand what's happening. Um, When I said that I wasn't depressed, that I wasn't sad, I haven't lost the will to get out of bed or to live. What I've lost is my soul, who I am. Do do antidepressants fix that? I don't think so. And I said, I'm not having a medical crisis. He, my my ex-husband, he has a medical crisis. What I'm having is an existential crisis. And I told her that something went wrong when my ex was born and his body arrived here on Earth. (laughs) But previous to that, he lost his soul somewhere along the way, and that I believe these soulless people were targeting those of us who seem to embody the qualities of soul, which are, you know, faith in life's fairness, trust in love, a deep belief that people are intrinsically good at heart, almost as if they know something is missing and they realize on some level that we have it. And the goal all along is to try to take our soul. I felt like he he took my soul or he sucked it out of my body or, you know, like a, like an emotional vampire almost. And I felt like it was, all of this was going on underneath the veil of consciousness. He didn't realize what he was doing. I didn't realize what was happening. And at this point, my therapist says, oh my God, you're experiencing the dark night of the soul.
0: So, The Dark Knight of the Soul. It sounds like a a Batman movie. (laughs) Um, So it's something I didn't hear before until I met you. And, you know, I kind of wanted to say this before to everyone. When it comes to these things, not everything's going to be pretty. Not everything's going to be given to you and uh, it's going to say something wonderful. Wonderful. Sometimes it's going to say stuff you don't want to hear and you have to deal with that. And that's where the work really begins when, you know, it's easy when it's these nicer things, but when it's the other stuff that's tough to hear, you have to do work on that stuff. Um, And so when you, I don't know if this was the right, that was the right place to say it, but you know, when you're talking about the dark night of the soul, what is it exactly?
1: So just briefly, I'm going to explain exactly what the Dark Night of the Soul is and how it's similar and how it differs from its traditional psychological counterparts. Uh, The term itself, the Dark Night of the Soul, was coined and written about extensively all the way back in the 16th century by a poet, mystic, St. John of the Cross. If you're Catholic, that'll sound very familiar to you and refers to the the kind of spiritual crisis that leads us from profound unknowing to radiant transformation in relation to this through victimization by a psychopathic person or narcissist or somebody with another cluster B personality disorder. um, You enter into the dark night of the soul, a period and, and it's like a period of spiritual desolation Where you are in a state of despair, you feel lost and alone, powerless, and without any purpose or direction in your life. It's like your sense of reality and your worldview are completely shattered. It's described as the collapse of the meaning of life or the belief that you understand what it's all about. You doubt everything you've ever known to be true. That's what it feels like. So you feel like everything that defined who you thought you were is gone. And I and I hear people say that a lot on, on the podcast. It's just like I, I, I exited the relationship completely lost. So anyways, what happens when we become intertwined with someone who does not have a soul? <laughs> someone who has no conscience, no empathy, no ability to love, no morality, no compassion. We suffer death of sorts, and the dark night of the soul is the beginning of the regeneration process of your soul. Does that make sense?
0: So it's the ending in the beginning.
1: Right. It's like one door has to close before the other one opens, but you don't open that door back to who you were previously. You have been changed on like a spiritual level because of this other person.
0: And are there... Times when the dark night of the soul, I guess you're supposed to regenerate, is obviously we we hear stories of people who uh, don't do the work.
1: Right. And then they end up right back where they started. And they they end up right
0: back where they started. Does that have its own name or is it just a continuous cycle of a dark night of the soul?
1: It is. You can suffer the dark night of the soul more than once in your life, but hopefully you face it instead of what What happens when, when you repeat the same patterns over and over, it's because you haven't done the work because you haven't gone inside because you haven't taken a look at what exactly is going on because you just, you don't want to face it because it's, it's, it's ugly. It's terrifying when you really go in there, you know, <laughs> especially when you, when you, when you have this belief that, this all happened because of someone else. You're not owning any of it. You're not taking any responsibility for it. And that takes away your agency to control it, in my opinion. Basically, it's, it, it's a, your soul has been severely wounded by this person. And letting it scab over, it, it isn't really a viable option. It needs to be regenerated. If you think of like a caterpillar, Going into the cocoon, it's it's a death of the caterpillar, but what comes out on the other side, right?
0: A butterfly.
1: <clears throat> right. <clears throat> Something. Oh, wait,
0: was that a question for me? You were trying to see if yeah. I, if I knew the answer.
1: Yeah, I was. I was
0: that would your, have been uh, embarrassing your, if I did your, not your know that answer. Grade science class <laughs> Thank <knowledge>. you. <laughs>
1: um, anyway, let me just say um, what it looks like. So, if you think that. Uh, maybe you're experiencing the dark night of soul. This is what it's going to look like. You feel a deep sense of sadness, which often verges on despair. The sadness is often triggered by any and everything. You cry when you hear the news, you cry for humanity. You cry when you talk to people about love or people that you love. It's just sadness. It, there is no joy. You feel uh number 2 you feel an acute sense of unworthiness but unworthy of what you can't put your finger on the next key is you have the constant feeling of being lost or condemned to a life of suffering or emptiness and i personally that that really resonated with me i was saying over and over again to everyone i talk to that i felt like i was in purgatory just somewhere in between uh you also possess a painful feeling of powerlessness and hopelessness the next one is your will and self-control is weakened making it difficult for you to act this looks like you know uh showing up to work but just being incapable of doing anything while you're there you lack interest and find no joy in things that once excited you. And the last one here is you feel a great loss of something intangible. It's not your ex or whoever the narcissist in your life is. It's something else completely, but you cannot put your finger on it. It's it's all these things where you're like, I feel like this, but, and then the the next sentence is blank. You can't discern what's going on um you seriously without hubris ask other people am i dead seriously (laughs) would you tell me if i were dead i think i even asked you that once it just i i i mean i this also happened during the beginning of the pandemic for me so there was no contact with i vaguely
0: remember a weird conversation like that with you
1: yeah and i was i was but I was so serious at a certain point, I felt like I did not exist anymore. And, and in reality, who I thought I was, didn't exist anymore. I was, you know, beginning this process of regeneration. Um, so the, the way that this differs from depression, for example, is when depression ends, not much has changed in your life in terms of your beliefs or your values or your habits. However, when the dark night of the soul ends, everything in your life is transformed and you are different. You you're not the same. I I'm totally different. <laughs>
0: Like, like, you, so, so, like your your belief system changes, or at least your old belief system is gone. Your values evolve. change, or you, th- they evolve, and, and and your habits change. So, if you had bad habits, you might have good habits, or you just might have changed bad habit for bad habit. But at least, you know, it things have changed up a little bit, and you are feeling like a brand new person.
1: Yes. Yeah. I guess long story short, the dark night of the soul strips you down to nothing until you are able to see the things at a different level of consciousness. You have like unlocked something that was previously out of your reach. I guess you could say it's like a total annihilation of all that you believed in and thought that you were. That's kind of like a rebirth of consciousness. For example, I've, I viewed commitment and my ability to stick to what I said I was going to do, stay in my marriage. um, That was everything to me. Uh, That was not, that was a non-negotiable as far as my beliefs and my values. And, you know, after this experience, (laughs) I think there's a little bit of wiggle room there. I've heard, I've heard the dark night of the soul referred to as soul rape, which feels kind of accurate honestly um anyways as i was reading about all this stuff i was beside myself and i mean that in the literal sense of the term i felt like i was existing outside of my body beside myself because nothing made sense nothing was familiar and all of the things that i previously knew were just inconsequential i knew nothing and i think at one point i googled like why is this happening to me (laughs) or what past life karma did I bring into this life to deserve this? And this is when I turned to my natal chart, which is your astrological birth chart. And it depicts where the planets were in the sky at the very moment of your birth. And for me, somehow this became the answer To my existential crisis,
0: and that's when you became a detective. That's when you became a detective, (laughs) and you know, just so so, so everyone knows, you know, I call you Mulder from the X Files. You do because you're always in this world, and I'm the Scully to your Mulder. Where I'm like, but science, Mulder. What about the science?
1: But you know it is it, your natal chart is referred to as um, a cosmic science it it before the nineteenth century, astrology was straight up science. and for a lot of different reasons, mostly based on powerful people wanting to be more powerful, it has now taken on this mm, this icky like. Woo woo quality.
0: And for people who don't know what goes into a natal chart, when when you're doing your natal chart, you need your uh, date of birth, the time of birth, and the city you were born in.
1: Yes, and your time of birth is really important. And I mean, like, oh, I was born around ten. You can you can do things with that, but if you set if you have a birth certificate or you know ask your mother if you could get it down to like ten oh nine, that's really what you want to get.
0: So the next question comes up, which is, now that I know what a natal chart is, because we've done one, you explained everything to me, and so everyone knows, you know, I always had to ask, can you please explain this to me in English, in (laughs) in layman's terms? Every time you send something to me, I always write back, English, and so can... You know, explain to everyone uh, who may not know, I guess, the ins and outs of, of everything of, of when it mm-hmm. comes to a natal chart.
1: Sure. I will explain to everyone a really simple way where you can go online and find your natal chart at the end of this. Um, and, you know, whether you believe in it or not, whether you believe in astrology or any other belief system, whether you're religious or spiritual. None of that really matters. What this does, like you said at the beginning of the show, is it gives you a pathway to look into yourself, who you are and who you were born to be. And this act alone can shift your focus away from the trauma bond where you're obsessively looking into the other person. And it sets you on the right path in your recovery. And it really does change everything when you start looking at yourself.
0: And I'm going to take two seconds and do a uh, foreshadowing for everyone. We're going to be getting to mine, my own one, and it's crazy.
1: <laughs> it really is. <laughs> uh, yeah, it really is. I, I, I love your natal chart. You know that? <laughs> I do.
0: It's the weirdest thing to get a text thing like, out of the blue, I, your, your, I just love your natal chart.
1: You'll see why. Yeah, I mean, the thing with the natal chart is, is after three years of meeting with my ex's counselors, reading every book, and listening to every podcast on personality disorders, I was even downloading academic papers at one point. <laughs> after all of that, the biggest light bulb moments and the greatest understandings came from reading my ex's natal chart and my natal chart. The, it's, it's the archetypal language... It made it very clear exactly what was happening when nothing else really laid it out in such terms. So, with that said.
0: With that said, you know, sometimes I'm sitting there going, is Vienna hitting on me? No, she just really loves my natal chart and, <laughs> and, and wants to tell me that all the time.
1: I just keep finding stuff in there. Every, t- every <laughs> time I look at it, I'm like, oh my God, I can't believe I found this. Uh, I'm going to read portions of yours now.
0: Oh, boy. Are you ready, everyone?
1: So, this is... Okay, so first I should say that a proper natal chart reading is going to be like 30 to 40 pages. It's very detailed and very long. Um, So, this is just portions of it.
0: Okay, so (laughs) so can you explain first, I guess, like why you like my natal chart?
1: I like your natal chart because... Um, you are uh, uh your natal chart personality. Well, actually, before can,
0: can, 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 I'm going to interrupt you for one second, I'm actually going to explain to everyone that you know one of our first conversations after we recorded, uh, you know, we were talking about life or just things, and you said or something to me, and you said. You are exactly where you're supposed to be, and this is what you are meant to do. I don't know if we even did a natal chart yet. No, we hadn't. Yeah, we hadn't done I, a natal chart yet.
1: No, no, but it was—it's very clear to me that you, it, it, intuitively clear to me that you are just just where you're supposed to be. I think that's clear to everybody listening. Thanks. sure anytime (laughs) you want me to you want me to oh yeah so I guess
0: you know start with why you liked my natal chart
1: well I liked your natal chart because you you have a very clear path laid out in front of you and the way that I mean that this topic can go on forever and a day but the way that you read a natal chart you really have to know what you're doing so you don't confuse things um Yours is overall, broadly in general, that your work here in this lifetime is with groups, communities, and it has to do with consciousness and things that uh, are of the psychological nature, and you are tasked with bringing that to those communities through communication of some kind that's the overarching theme of your natal chart and it's like my god you nailed it I did <laughs> and and I remember you saying something like um, this how the podcast developed as a whole in the beginning was by accident and I think that's what what I I think that's when I said to you, it's not an accident. You know, it's just how the how the story unfolded. But you're exactly where you're supposed to be. Okay, I'm gonna go ahead.
0: Oh no, you continue.
1: Okay, I was just gonna start. I'm gonna read your needle chart a little bit. Yeah, go for it. Ready? I'm proud. Okay, here we go. Uh, You were born. With a natural disposition to be humane, sympathetic, original, and refined in your dealings with others. Among your features is the ability to understand human nature in a sympathetic manner. Bringing hidden knowledge out from the darkness and into the light through communication with groups and communities is an innovative way. Is how you shine and your life's purpose. You enjoy helping people who need advice or guidance. This will become more pronounced when you're an adult and keep in encountering people whose lives need to be reconstructed in some way. You will derive great satisfaction from assisting in this process. You are independent. And I guess I could say like what all this comes from. That's that, that your, your son tells me all that first stuff and it, goes into this here. Your son is an Aquarius. You're an Aquarius, which is uh, uh, highly independent and uh, you're kind of like a wild card.
0: (laughs) Love it. Isn't this crazy, everyone?
1: So, going on, it says you're independent and yet your purpose and fate are strongly linked to your friends, associates, and groups of people. You are unusually a good Judge of character, but need to learn to trust your instincts. Once you've learned to trust your own intuition and you blend this with your highly intelligent nature, you can channel your resources into your true purpose. Your purpose may be linked with humanitarian causes or with scientific, mathematical or metaphysical groups or pursuits. It's also possible that you're interested in depth psychology, which is what this is. Your sun and Mercury are located in the 12th house at your time of birth. Mercury attempts to build a bridge between the conscious and unconscious minds, which is what we're talking about, right? The unconscious mind previous to your regeneration. Mm-hmm. To integrate into conscious awareness what is operating in the hidden depths of the psyche. That's your task. Those born with their sun in the 12th house, I have, I'm one of those two, it's not not easy. (laughs) The darkest house of them all are tasked with going deep inside of the unconscious mind. Once there, they must look around, take notes, then come back up again. And if they get stuck down there, forgetting to return up again or unable to do so, then someone else will have to be called in to rescue them. That's, you know, metaphorically speaking of having a dark night of the soul and finding your way through it. Uh so any you know like what does all this mean anyways it's it means that those with displacement you through introspection, soul searching, psychotherapy, good literature, or dream work, need to explore the unconscious to find out what makes them tick, depending on the aspects to your twelfth house planets, some of what is stored there will be useful and productive and well worth bringing to the surface for you to share with others. Mercury. Isn't an air sign. It's also an Aquarius. And that means that you are able to bring spiritual healing through your words and communication. You can intuitively see beneath the mask that other people show to the world. Your intuition shows what lies ahead and therefore enables you to apply your ideas in practical ways. You enjoy getting to the heart of any mystery and finding out what is really going on.
0: I I love to.
1: I know. (laughs) Mercury in the 12th house indicates a natural ability in psychology and an understanding of people's inner motivations, which will be useful no matter what you do. And just lastly here, your Venus is making a trine to your Chiron in the second house. And I know that that sounds like a foreign language to a lot of people. But basically what that means is that you're a gifted healer and that's part of your life's path. You have uh, the voice of experience, which gives you empathy with other people, and you have a talent for seeing the beauty in your loved ones and helping them heal their psychological wounds and realize their full potential. Boom. Boom. Mic drop. Really is what it, it is.
0: It really <laughs> is. It really is a mic drop. And you know, knowing all of this and, and, and reading it it, it, it makes you. You know, whenever like I feel like. I work a lot and sometimes I get tired and, you know, this last week, I think I worked uh midnight every, <laughs> every single day and you just, you, I just have this always in my mind. Like, this is what I was meant to do. This is what I'm meant to be. This is what you have to do. This is what you're doing. And, you know, a part of it keeps you going and, you know, the other parts are just, it feels good. To read this and, and, and know that you're living what you're supposed to be doing and it feels good because it doesn't feel like work. Like, yeah, I'm up to you know, late on some days, but it doesn't feel like work, you know, because I love doing it. And it's this what is, your
1: soul craves.
0: Yeah, it really does. And It also
1: gives you, your natal chart can give you a, a lot of confidence in things that you may be wavering on.
0: Yeah, And and there's something that we share together. We love investigating. So, you know, that's part of this job is to investigate the little details that other people might be missing or can't see because they're so involved in it and, and to help them, like, take that step back and show them, you know, this is what was going on. This is what's happening here. This is how everything occurred and sometimes that person just too close and you just have to and you get to give them a perspective that they an angle that they weren't seeing before that's mm-hmm. um, part of the whole detective thing it's you know you're being the detective but you're helping the other person learn how to be a detective too and you know, that's what's rewarding. And for you, I know you love being a detective and, and figuring things out. So I know that feeds you as well. And, you know, when it comes to me, that was, that was my chart. But when it came to your ex, you know, because uh-huh. c- you've been doing a lot of work and trying to figure out patterns of uh, terrible people in society. <laughs> and, and I'll put it that way. I won't say who, but terrible people in society and seeing if you can come up with patterns uh, of time and, you know, houses or things like that for all of these different types of people. So I know you've done your ex's chart and what did that say?
1: So uh, the, the contrast between yours and his and mine is uh, night and day, light and dark, really. Um, and, and his links so succinctly to the psychological language that we all use. It's, it's unbelievable. So I'm going to make some of those links as I go. Just to start out, he has a Pisces sun and a Pisces moon, and they are conjunct, which means they kind of sit right on top of each other. He was actually born on an eclipse. So this is like a. This is one of those things where when you get your natal chart off of the internet, you won't be able to see those types of things. This is kind of going deeper, but that has a profound effect on his personality. It denotes basically that, uh, he's unaffected by conflicts with others and does not adapt to circumstances unless doing so will serve his best interest. um, I'm I'm trying to translate this so I say he because it says you everywhere. I'm just going to say you. Um, and so envy is likely to be a major issue in your life. Your envy is directly related to a lack of self-worth, although you may feel that it is others who undermine or criticize you rather than recognizing that it is your own inner voice that constantly tells you that you aren't good enough. And that's that's projection, right? It is possible in your early experiences that they were not helpful in nourishing self-value, perhaps because of excessive criticism or overly high expectations, or because you were expected to be an adult at an age where you needed the mirroring and unconditional support that every child requires. But whatever you might have encountered in your early life, this is not the cause, quote-unquote the cause, of your deep self doubt. It might have been a trigger, but ultimately it is your own tendency to measure your worth against collective expectations that has led you to struggle and to develop a solid sense of self. Be careful of self pity for it will, it may be you rather than others who hold you back. So that's talking a lot about um, self destructive behaviors goes on to say, you tend to defend yourself against rejection through sacrifices and an attempt to merge with those close to you so that you do not experience painful feelings of isolation. You can sometimes forget all about the people who show you love and understanding, yet you will remember every single time when someone has let you down, even when your idea of being let down is exaggerated or even invented altogether. Hanging on to grievances can open the door to a particularly destructive form of envy. And we talk a lot about um, pathological envy related to cluster B personality disorders. And that's, that's what it is. That's what's there. And it goes on to say, you do not want to be emotionally tied to anyone more than you have to be. When you are upset, you tend to act without thinking, erratically and impulsively. This is all connected to Mars in your chart. You can be truly generous and open-handed, but you may also deeply resent having to take responsibility for your own life. You can become enraged when you meet with opposition, but this apparent opposition may be the anger of those who wish to receive the same acknowledgement and respect that you yourself desire. Your mistrust of others makes it hard to express anger in honest ways. You can nurse grievances for a long time and your wrath, can be seriously out of proportion with the actual situation invoking it. Your determination to achieve your material goals will usually lead to success, but your lack of trust in others can become a self-fulfilling prophecy. If you exploit the people on whom you depend rather than respecting and valuing them, they may return the favor with anger of their own and the stability that you seek can be undermined by your own actions more self sabotage
0: so when it comes to you mm-hmm. and potential dating mm-hmm. are you going to make everyone take uh, you're going to <laughs> ask everyone can i get the uh, your date of birth, your time and the city you were born in and will you, <laughs> and will you be running their chart and, and doing a full exam? Sometimes people want to see your Instagram. They want to see right? all these things. You and just I'm like,
1: no, let me see your birth. You want your, you
0: want your birth chart here.
1: <laughs> yeah. You know, um, this has come up and, um, Oh, do tell. <laughs> I'm not going to blow anybody up, but <laughs> Um, yeah, it's, it's, you know, if there's a willing participant, it's cool. But at the same time, it can take the like natural, the laws of attraction out of the connection. You know what I mean?
0: Well, yeah, well, in some sort of way, you're, you're making it robotic,
1: Right. Yeah. And the thing is, is everybody's chart has positives and negatives. I, I, I've, I've looked at hundreds of charts that my ex's chart, the one that I'm reading right now, it is by far just the ugliest one. And, and, and of course, if you saw that in somebody you were dating, you would be like, okay, I'm just going to slowly back away. But there, this is like a very rare chart. And, and I've looked at um like you said before, I've been looking into a lot of toxic people, some of them famous, some of them not, and they all have these really devastating, horrible charts. So it can be a tool for that, sure.
0: And when and we, and when we say that? sorry, and when we say um, What I forget what the term you used there.
1: What? Uh, the, the law of attraction?
0: No, I guess the 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 famous people they are infamous. Yes. Yes.
1: Yes. We'll just say like serial killers. Yes. That kind of, yes. Yeah. Kind of
0: yeah. Yeah. You went like you know you you went looking for the worst of the worst.
1: Yeah. Well, I I just you know I've, i it's hard to imagine that you were involved with somebody who is potentially the worst of the worst. And it, you know, it, for me, it's a reflection of myself. <laughs> it's not easy to, to look at or admit, but I'm going to, you know, I'm doing my best to figure it out. Um, should I go on?
0: Oh yeah. Sorry. I interrupted. I, th- I thought you were done. No, no, it's okay. Yeah. Continue.
1: Uh, this It goes a lot into um, different manipulation tactics. So uh, it says when you feel resentful, you tend to express it in indirect ways, through verbal inferences that hurt, or through actions that quietly undermine the feelings of others. So that's like the silent treatment stonewalling. Uh, feeling separate is painful, and you may escape a sense of isolation through addictions of various kinds, or the pursuit of idealized romances that end in disillusionment. So that I was talking about idealization. Um. There's a great power in your creative imagination, but you need to express it with clarity, integrity, and consciousness. Your energy is often drained by anxiety and material security, but difficulties in this sphere may be due to your own reluctance to take on practical responsibilities in a disciplined disciplined way. You long for security to fall in your lap without any effort on your part, and your anger when things don't work out that way can drive you into questionable actions that cause even greater anxiety. You tend to view conflicts in an exaggerated way that transforms even a small quarrel into a life-and-death battle, and you can be immovably unforgiving if you feel humiliated or belittled. This reflects the depth and seriousness of your feelings, but it may make ordinary everyday encounters difficult if you feel slighted or demeaned in any way. Your wrath can take the form of spite where a person unconsciously or perhaps deliberately tries to wound or belittle another person because of an imagined slight or injury, and it becomes corrosive envy. So this this is talking about the victim mentality Indirect wrath can also turn against the person feeling it and then it can become self-destructive, a repeating pattern of feeling exploited, bullied, injured, or controlled. That's something in his chart. And then there's a section that basically says he has no empathy. And it reads, you lack real empathy for perspectives that are different from your own. It's hard for you to understand people who are less single-minded than you and who may struggle to resolve internal dichotomies that you don't have any experience of. You are justifiably proud of your focus and dedication, but be careful of letting false pride make you feel superior to those who aren't as self-insured as you are. Despite your insecurities, it's difficult for you to reflect on your own feelings, and your single-mindedness may make you strangely naive and vulnerable where conflict is forced on you by life. You can unconsciously provoke crises. To bring about the insight you seek. And that that line alone is was like a light bulb that went off. How this was like this unconscious dance where, you know, he was provoking me because he like he, he can't stand the silence. And that was just the only reason why. Instead of searching, like, what did I do? How did we get here? All this stuff, that's like it's just that simple. So this is a different topic for another time, but as far as reading the natal chart goes, there are 12 houses, 12 signs and the planets and the luminaries, right? And depending on where certain planets fall in your chart, which houses they fall in that, that says a lot about your story, your path and whatever. And my ex-husband's eclipsed sun moon, (laughs) is in the fourth house and that is all about family and the home and that combination uh, in his natal chart represents his father and mother. So the, the sun represents your father and the, the moon represents your mother among other things. And then both being found in the, in that fourth house of family making harsh aspects to other planets basically says that, Uh, his parents are especially responsible for his feelings of dependence and inability to stand alone and that he feels lonely and unsupported by his friends, brothers, sisters, and parents, and that he feels emotionally trapped and it's difficult for him to establish independence outside of the confining circumstances of the home and family. And if you go back and listen to my story, you, you, you hear that his family's intrinsically involved in the crisis.
0: I was about to chime in there and I said, and for everyone who hasn't listened to your story, they should go back and listen to your story because...
1: This all makes a lot of sense. It makes a
0: lot of sense when you listen to that story, all of those lines, especially there at the end with his family, because his family plays a, a huge role in uh, everything. Uh, yeah. And... You know, when it comes to, for people that weren't understanding a lot of the technical terms here, uh, don't worry. I don't understand them either. That's why. It's irrelevant.
1: It's irrelevant for the purpose. (laughs) Yeah, I know. But just
0: for people that might be a little bit confused, you know, there are people that can help you along that, as Vienna did with me, where she's able to break these things down and, you know, explain them, you know, in person in a way where you're able to understand and figure things out for people that might not have been able to follow me and be like, what the heck is this fourth and the whatever sun mean, you know, that's just don't, don't, don't think about that stuff. Just when you get these things done, just listen to these other little outcomes. Does that make sense?
1: Totally. Okay.
0: Uh, Uh, I guess, I guess, do we have more we were going to discuss?
1: I, well, I, I was going to instruct anyone who's listening who wants to find their natal chart how to do that easily. Go for it. So there's, you can literally type into Google natal chart uh, or birth chart. Those are synonymous. And you can find a bunch of sites that do it for free. Um, the one that I like, because it gives you little interpretations of all the things going on that are uh, really good interpretations done by some pretty prominent astrologers is astrolabe.com. And that's Astro, com. You're just going to, again, put in your, your birthday, your city of birth and your time of birth. And if you do not know your time of birth, do not guess. Uh, I'm not sure if there's a box to click for unknown time. If there is, go ahead and click that. But you can still get a lot of information. It's just it's not going to be nearly as detailed, and it might not make any sense. (laughs) So that's the first thing you do. And then you get a pretty good um, interpretation, a pretty good readout. And then I think for, like, $35, you can purchase the 40-page document, which is, you know, pretty inexpensive for psychotherapy
0: (laughs) you know it's not just it's something that's in your face tangible you can read it you can get it you you can remind yourself of what has been said yeah it's a good thing to have
1: yeah and 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 you can also you can go a step further you can reach out to any astrologer it you know whether you do it on zoom or in in the city where you live and you can get a natal chart interpretation done you know face to face or over the internet for like an hour and a half two hours. somebody will sit there with you and just really go over everything and explain it to you and you know it's like that that ranges in value maybe a hundred bucks two hundred bucks
0: and what's next for you, the astrological detective
1: <laughs> um. I don't know. I, I
0: what does I, your chart tell you? Because we know. Uh, well, I, I kind of know you're at a crossroads.
1: Yes, I mean this. The the, the, the existential crisis in my life was planned the whole time. <laughs> it's there in the chart. You can see it really clearly that there was going to be, you know, it goes back to this twelfth house sun deal where. There's going to be a time where you're going to have to face the darkness, and then you're going to have to come back up and share it with the community, whatever community that may be. Um, I wish I knew that beforehand; <laughs> it might have saved me like a little bit of grief.
0: So, what does it mean, Mulder?
1: What do you mean? What does it mean? It means that you know things are going according to plan. Okay. As much as that plan sucked, it's. It's the plan, and it's ultimately for what's next.
0: So I guess before we end off the show today, Vienna, uh, people will be able to reach you at your Instagram. I'll put the Instagram in the show notes. And is there anything else you want to say to everyone for the second time? (laughs) For
1: the second time? You know, I just, I, I am a true believer, that you, you know, if, you, if, if you're listening to the podcast, because you are in the process of healing, um, that will come when you go inward, that it, it, it comes from listening to other people's stories, it comes from validating your experience, but then you also really have to look at what's going on With you because your you know your your relationship wasn't an accident. I'm not saying it was predestined or anything like that. It's just there's a there was an attraction, and you got to figure out what that attraction was, and that's inside of you.
0: Well, Vienna, thank you for being here uh, for doing this episode. We've been wanting to do uh, this episode for a while or at least some sort of episode that involved this. I know we originally wanted to do an anagram episode, but this right here really was perfect. So, thank you so much for being here with me today and you know, imparting your knowledge and all the stuff on to others. I know that this is going to change one person's life, at least one. You changed mine in this way. So, thank you.
1: Thank you. That's so nice of you to say.
0: (laughs) Well, um, it's the truth. So thank you. And from me and Vienna, we hope you have a good night.